0: 83, this is the last of the Psalms of Asaph. We've been in these for about three months now, I guess. And uh, once we finish this one tonight, we'll probably take a break from the Psalms, go through another book, and then when we finish it, we'll probably revisit the Psalms. Eventually, we're going to make it to the end. We're, We're over halfway there, so we're getting there. Psalm 83. It's relatively short, so we'll cover the whole psalm tonight. The superscription for this psalm is is an easy one, nothing difficult here. A song, a psalm of Asaph. A lot of these have something in the superscription that may not be easy to know exactly what it meant, but this one just simply tells us it's a psalm of Asaph. So let's pray, and we'll get started. Father God, we come to you, and I thank you for your word tonight. God, I pray that something we read in this word will be good for us, that you would bring something to mind that we need to hear, that we would feel you speaking to us tonight, that we would just seek you in these few minutes, dear Lord. I pray that you hide me behind the cross, that you allow your Holy Spirit to bring about what we need to hear and open our ears and our hearts to hear it, that we would respond to your word, God. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This psalm is uh, often uh, categorized is an imprecatory psalm. Now, that might be a word you are not familiar with, but it's a psalm that's that's it's 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 a curse. It's 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 a curse pronounced on in this case the wicked, the enemies of Israel. Now, if you do any study on the psalms, you will find that there are a few different categories that often psalms are split up into and precatory psalms are one of those categories. Uh, one of those we've looked at uh, here recently, Psalm 79. Uh, we looked at that. That's also a psalm of Asaph. Many of the psalms of Asaph that we looked at, especially the first few, uh, were Asaph or whoever wrote the psalm calling out, saying, God, help us. Our enemies are coming against us. Deliver us. Destroy our enemies. That, that language and that theme was pretty common in, in, in a lot of these psalms in Asaph, especially the first few we looked at. And then here in this last one that we're looking at tonight, Psalm 83, verse 1. God, do not keep silent. Do not be deaf. God, do not be idle. See how your enemies make an uproar. Those who hate you have acted arrogantly. They devise clever schemes against your people. They conspire against your treasured wants. Here, this is similar language that we've seen frequently over the last few weeks. And that is a call to God for help. God, do not keep silent. Do not be deaf, okay? God, hear us, and God, respond to us. Act, because we are in trouble. Do not be idle, okay, God? We need you to do something. We need you to come to our aid. What's the problem? The enemies of Israel and the enemies of God, as referred to here. See how your enemies make an uproar. Uh, God, you got to come because these people are coming against us. These enemies of you are coming against your people. And so they have what it says in verse 3 is clever schemes against God's people, and they conspire against God's people. But no matter how clever these schemes may be, the enemy schemes will never be over able to overtake God. And so the call is, God, we're in trouble. Come to our aid. We get that call because perhaps our prayers, many of our prayers may start the same way because oftentimes we find ourselves in times of trouble. Now, maybe it's an enemy coming against us. Maybe it's some mess we've got our, ourself into. But regardless of the situation, when we are in times of trouble, It is God that we call to, and that may be our prayer tonight. God, do not be deaf. God, hear my prayer, and he does. God, do not keep silent. God, respond. God, act. God, speak to me, maybe through your words, maybe through the Holy Spirit. God, let me know that you are here, that you are present, that you are with me, because without you, God, I am in trouble. All right. Now, speaking of these enemies in verse 4, they say... Come, let us wipe them out as a nation, so that Israel's name will no longer be remembered. For they have conspired with one mind. They form an alliance against you. The tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gabal, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre, even Assyria has joined them. They lend support to the sons of Lot, Selah. Okay, so here we've we've been introduced to the problem that enemies of God, also enemies of Israel, are coming against God's people. And what are they saying? Uh, Let's wipe them out as a nation. Now, we see this often through the Old Testament, that Israel's coming up against these other nations. Because don't forget, God said, okay, here's this spot of land, here's the boundaries, this is going to be your land. Okay, so God delivers them out of Egypt. He's taken them back up to the promised land. But it wasn't just desolate land laying there empty. There were inhabitants in that land. And so God's people were going to have to overtake these in the land. Now, when God's people were living in obedience and they were seeking him and doing what he said, things were good. But oftentimes they didn't do what he said. And so while they could have easily overtaken any enemy that they encountered, should they have trusted in God, they did not always trust in God. And what did they say? Uh, We're going to wipe them out so they will no longer be remembered. And what of all these nations? It says that they conspired with one mind to form an alliance against you, not just against the, the people of God, but against God himself. They weren't just coming against God's people. This attack was on God and who God was. And then we see the names of some, the usual suspects, if we can call them that, people that that frequently come against uh, Israel in the Old Testament. Some of these multiple occasions, maybe some of them on one occasion or another. But these are names that you may be familiar with if you've studied uh, the Old Testament. They may not look too unfamiliar to you. Uh, The tents of Edom. Now, the Edomites uh, were the descendants of Esau. That's who the Edomites were. Uh, The Ishmaelites, you may remember uh, Abraham's first son that he had was Ishmael. moab uh, moab was a son of lot abraham's nephew lot uh, then we uh, see another name the hagarites now this is not a name that i was too familiar with but this is uh, probably also descendants of ishmael the name coming from hagar the mother of ishmael uh, some of your translations may something say something like the Hagarenes or something to that effect uh, whether it says the hagarites or the hagarines uh, it's probably speaking of s- descendants of ishmael or hagar here and that's why these, this group uh, chose that name. Uh, Ammon, these are the descendants of Lot's other sons. Ben, Ben-Ameni, I think, was his name. Uh, and the Ammonites were the descendants. The Amalekites, the uh, people from Philistia, the Philistines. These are, these are people that, if you read through the Old Testament, people groups that, that often came against Israel. They were always fighting one of these groups or another, maybe sometimes multiple of these groups at one time. And so what's the, what's the prayer here? What's the, what's the point here? They've come against us. Who's come against us? All these nations throughout the history of Israel have come against Israel at some point in time. Uh, and then we see Tyre mentioned there. We see Assyria uh, as joined them there. Now, at the time of writing, if this is Asaph, that's part of David's court, then this would have been the time that the Assyrians would have been the Powerhouse of the world at that time, and it was the Assyrians who came and overtook those northern ten tribes of Israel. However, they did not take the southern two tribes, uh, known as Judah. And so, all of these names that we see here are are, are it's just reminding us of names of of people who have attacked Israel uh, throughout their past. Okay, so what's the prayer in verse nine? Is to deal with them. That's what he says. Deal with them as you did with Midian, as you did with Sisera and Jabin at the Kishon River. They were destroyed at Endor. They became manure for the ground. Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb and all their tribal leaders like Zeba and Zelmuna, who said, Let us seize God's pastures for ourselves. Now, if you go back and study in numbers, uh, around Numbers 25 in that section of Scripture, Numbers 31... You can read about uh, the Midianites. Now, you may recall, or you may not, after uh, after uh, Abraham had Isaac, he, he had some more sons as well. And one of those sons was Midian. That's where the Midianites uh, came from. And the Midianites caused some trouble for God's people. Again, you can, you can read about that in, in Numbers 25, Numbers 31, you can see uh, what was going on there. But what did God do? God God handed them over to Israel. God said, all right, go and attack them and take care of these Midianites and cause you trouble. And so the the author here is recalling, okay, here are people that have come against us. God, there are people coming against us now, maybe some of these in this list, or maybe all of these in this list. I'm not sure uh, who would have been around at that time. But what's the, what's the writer saying here? Okay, let's remember the past. I'm going to give some examples in the past, God, of how you delivered us from some specific situations. Okay, the people of Midian, the Midianites. God, you, you dealt with the Midianites. You delivered us. You saved us at that time. Uh, we see the story of Sisera here and Jabin. Now, most of these names that you see in this list, starting with Sisera on down, are names that you will see In the book of Judges, you may remember some of these names from when we went through the book of Judges. Judges chapter 4, I believe, is where we see uh, Sisera mentioned. Deborah was the judge at that time, uh, and Sisera was was the enemy of Israel at that time. And uh, Sisera was overtaken. Jabin, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was the king at that time. So there's the two references there. Uh, They were destroyed at Endor, it says. Uh, Verse 11 Make their nobles like Oreb and Zeb and all their tribal leaders like uh, Zeba and Zalmunna. Uh, Judges chapter 7, I believe, is where you'll find that when you read about Gideon. These were were the enemies that Gideon was up against. And all of these in this list, God dealt with them. God delivered his people. And so the prayer is, God went a hard time. These enemies are coming against us. God, here are all the enemies throughout this time that have come against us, that has formed groups against us, that have tried to wipe us off the face of the earth, as it is said. But God, my prayer is you deal with them just as you have all of these other ones. So if you're looking for some good homework this week, maybe you might want to look up some of these different names of some of these groups or nations or different people, and you may want to see what was going on in the context of some of these stories uh, and, 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 and kind of get an idea to what some of these names are. It'd be great if we could go through every one of these individually. However, we simply cannot for time's sake. But, but probably just about any of these, these groups or these names... Uh, would be a good study for you to go back and see, okay, what are these things that he's referencing through so quickly? Uh, They may have been more familiar to his audience than to us, or perhaps they're very familiar to us if we recall these stories in which these, these groups or these people are mentioned. All right, verse 13. Make them like tumbleweed, my God, like straw before the wind, as fire burns a forest, as a flame blazes through mountains, so pursue them with your tempest and terrify them with your storm. Cover their faces with shame so that they will seek your name, Yahweh. Okay, God, so deal with these enemies that are coming. And, and what's the language here? Make them like a tumbleweed, like a straw before the wind. What does a straw and tumbleweed do? They just blow. I mean, they're just kind of... They're not, they're not standing firm. They just kind of blow wherever the wind blows them, not like a solid rock, right? The illustration that we see often of God is that God is the solid rock, that Jesus Christ is our cornerstone, something that's immovable, something that is strong, something that is firm. But straw blowing in the wind or a tumbleweed blowing in the wind, it's, it's, it has no strength whatsoever. Perhaps that's the imagery here. As fire burns a forest, as a flame blazes through the mountains, pursue them with your tempest, that is, your wind. uh, That's what that means there. And terrify them with your storm. So, God, bring your power against them. Make them as nothing. Take care of them. God, we call out to you, so hear us and deliver us as you have so frequently in the past. God, do so now. We need you. Verse 17. Let them be put to shame and terrified forever. Let them perish in disgrace. May they know that you alone, whose name is Yahweh, are the most high over all the earth. And so the psalmist here, Asaph, is saying, okay, God, uh, bring deliverance for us. Bring punishment for us on the wicked here. Take care of the wicked, but deliver your people. This is a, a language that we see repeatedly throughout uh, the Old Testament. Uh, even these last few Psalms, we've seen this type of language repeatedly. But, but back in verse 16, it says, Cover their faces with shame so that they will seek your name, Yahweh. Even in the midst of, of, of this request, God deliver us, God bring punishment on our enemies, there's this request tucked away in there that they may seek your name, Yahweh. And perhaps that's a good thing for us to take from this passage. Obviously, we all want to see evil dealt with, and God's Word says that one day evil will be dealt with. But the problem with that is that we ourselves are evil. And God has dealt with evil through Jesus Christ. Should we put our faith in Jesus Christ, our sins will be washed away. And the goal here is, okay, God, come against these people uh, so that they will be put to shame, so that they will seek your name. That needs to be our prayer. We want people to seek God's word because there are plenty of evil people in this world, ourselves included, but it is through Jesus Christ, it is through seeking God that our sins are forgiven. So our prayer, hopefully, is not just, okay, God, punish the evil people and make them pay and don't give them any chance because that's not what God desires. God wants none to perish but all to come to repentance through Jesus Christ. And so while we say, okay, God, come, Lord, and, and take care of all of these things we see in our world today that are evil, while that's our desire, in the midst of saying, God, make all things right, We also should say, but God, save as many as you can. God, don't let us hate our enemies, but God, change the hearts of our enemies. God, that they would seek your face, that they would see you, God, that they would call on your name. So even in the midst of this prayer of God, our enemies are coming against us. Bring destruction on them. Let them know who you are, dear Lord. In the midst of that, the prayer is, but God, maybe they'll see you. God, maybe in the midst of what they're going through, maybe they will turn to you. And that needs to be, I believe, our desire, is that we don't desire to see people suffer the wrath of God, but we desire to see people experience the grace of God, that we desire to see people hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ through God's Word, and we know that truth is there is grace and mercy for those who will seek God, but there is destruction for those who will come against God. And that's what we see in these stories. These people that came against God, when God's people trusted in Him, God came to their aid, and these people did not stand the chance. So there's destruction apart from God, but there is deliverance when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. So let us be those who seek God and find Him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to You. We thank You for these good words and dear lord we thank you for reminders like these that call us to dig back through your word and see how you have worked in the past dear lord to see how you were with your people time and time again dear lord even when they were undeserving of your mercy and grace god you were so faithful to give it and still are dear lord so god we pray for for evil to be dealt with but god more importantly we pray that your grace may abound god that even those perhaps that are our enemies, that come against us, that, God, that their life would not end uh, in disobedience to you and destruction, but, God, that their ways would end in repentance, that they would turn to you and turn from their evil ways. God, that you would no longer be their enemies, or they wouldn't be your enemies, God, but that they would be uh, your friend, that they would be your children, dear Lord. Your word says that we are all your enemies because of our sin. But God, through Jesus Christ, we are your children. So God, I pray that we each here today would seek you and that we would find you. God, that you would be our deliverer tonight. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.